Shane Steichen, they're not out of field goal range. Metcalf is blocked. That's a live football. It's picked up Denzel Ward. Shane Steichen rolling the dice. They attempt a 60-yard field goal. Miles Garrett to block. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. We know Miles Garrett can affect the game. How will he affect the one on Sunday? It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score, hanging out on a Friday. Bears taking on the Cleveland Browns, sitting at 8-5, ready to make a playoff push. Got the quarterback situation figured out after Deshaun Watson goes down. Start feeling good about Ford as he's, you know, got into full practice. Kareem Hunt's there. Joku's playing. They, they, they got to be feeling good over there. Um, but how confident are they with Chicago coming to town? For that, we get to chat with our next guest. He joins us on the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. He gets to talk about the Browns, the Cavs, the Guardians, you know, Cleveland sports on 92.3 The Fan. And he's joining us right here on 670. The score is Daryl Ryder. Daryl, what's going on? Good evening. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Let's get into this game and, and let's start with Miles Garrett. I mean, you know, we just got here in Chicago, Montez Sweat. You know, we've had a Khalil Mack on the outside. We've, you know, saw, you know, Puerto Rican Bobby uh, come over here, Robert Quinn, and, 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 and get the, the all-time sack leading season. But what is it like getting to watch Miles Garrett week in and week out and, and be able to root for him at that matter? Uh, I mean, he is, in my view, uh, at least in the modern era of the Cleveland Browns, the best pass rusher uh, the franchise has had in in decades, Um, and arguably the the greatest pass rusher the franchise has ever had, quite frankly. Um, Certainly, he's a little frustrated these days, not getting uh, a lot of holding calls, even though he's getting held on any play, on pretty much every play, because, well, that's the only way you can stop Miles Garrett <laughs> is by holding him. He's that powerful and that strong. So he's been a little frustrated. He, uh, you know, uh, vented after the win over the Jaguars last Sunday uh, at the at the lack of uh, flags coming his way, uh, which have, has also kept him at 13 sacks. He hasn't had a sack in three weeks. So um, that's probably bad news for Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Uh and uh, if I remember correctly, the last time Garrett played against Fields, he sacked him like four times. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don't remind us. <laughs> I, um, I, and, I, and I realized that maybe there have been some modifications made to that Bears offensive line. But uh, I'm just saying, Miles is very hungry right now going into Sunday's game. So beware. Talking to Daryl Ryder from 93.5 Fan in Cleveland. Uh, 92.3 of the fan, excuse me. Uh, in Cleveland, uh, here on 670, the score, Gabe Ramirez. I think that, you know, Justin Fields just struggles with, like like most quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, with, with that type of pressure. Um, but the defense as a whole for Cleveland and, and where it's at, um, you know, obviously people are liking it to the best defense in the league. And, I mean, is, it, is, is that what you would say is the backbone of this team right now, or, or are they still relying on their offense as much as their defense? No, I, I still feel like that uh, the defense is uh, what drives this team, at least at home. Now, uh, you know, the fact that Joe Flacco's come in and thrown five touchdowns in two weeks uh, after being uh, resting comfortably on his couch <laughs> up until mid-November. Right. Um, you know, but the thing is, is Cleveland's beat up. Like, it's pretty incredible that they are where they're at. Um, they uh, They have lost a ton of guys. In fact, they're going to be without three starters 
Sunday. Their starting safeties, Grant, Grant Delpit was placed on IR earlier this week. Juan Thornhill's out with a calf injury. Um, Rodney McLeod, who was a starting safety in week one, he's also on injured reserve. Uh, you can have Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell. Uh, if you've never heard of those guys, uh, you won't offend me. Um, I've had to Google them, uh, and Ro- Ro- Ronnie's a rookie. Uh, and they also uh, brought in a veteran uh, in the last couple of weeks and, and elevated him uh, to the practice squad. He won a couple of Super Bowls uh, as a reserve with the New England Patriots. But, like, uh, th- they really are beat up. Jordan Elliott, uh, Anthony Walker is hurt. Uh, Denzel Ward. Uh, we'll wait and see. He's listed as questionable. He hasn't played in a couple of weeks because of a shoulder injury. Obo Okoronkwo uh, is probably lost for the season. They're like clinging to every sliver of hope they can, but he tore his pack last week. So I think he's pretty much done. They also had to put Maurice Hurst on injured reserve oh this God. week. And that's just the defense. <laughs> I haven't even gotten to the offense. That's just the defense side of the ball. So they're, they're really beat up, but they still, um, to their credit, uh, they – they they still get after it. Um, uh, I, I think that the Browns secondary, when healthy, I would argue is the best in football with Denzel Ward. Uh, Grant Delpit was having a Pro Bowl season before he got hurt. Juan Thornhill fit perfectly. They signed him as a free agent from the Kansas City Chiefs in the offseason. Um, Martin Emerson Jr., who is healthy, uh, he's a young player that it has been absolutely fantastic. Greg Newsom, I think, is one of the best nickel uh, guys in the NFL. So Cleveland's got a strong secondary and, and what has served them well under new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz this year is uh, the pass rush has complemented the, 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 the coverage in the secondary and the secondary uh, has given the pass rush time to be effective as well. They played some really complimentary football on the defensive side. Would you say that's a result, a direct result of Kevin Stefanski? Cause I'm trying to, figure out, you know, you're looking at the team and, you know, what they went through this season. You know, they put together a couple of some, some small win streaks, didn't face a ton of adversity outside of the injuries. Right. And I, and I'm, and, and I'm trying to think to myself, what does Cleveland think about their head coach? Right. So you're on, you're on the radio. You're, you know, what is the, what are the storylines on a daily? Is it that they need to move on from him? Is it that these guys are playing for him? Is this the coach for the future for the Cleveland Browns? Well, he's going to get a contract extension along with the GM, Andrew Barry, and he should. He's the winningest coach since 1999. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, he's about to win 10 games for the second time in four years. The Browns are about to make the playoffs for the second time in four years. Uh, Keep in mind, they made the playoffs one time in the previous 30. I say that sarcastically. Uh, Like, uh, he's, uh, look, he's not a guy that really impresses you when he's sitting in front of the cameras and microphones at press conferences, but... Um, very rarely does he show any type of emotion during games. He's extremely focused. His players play hard for him. And I give him a lot of credit. He brought in two very good coordinators this year. Bubba Ventrone got him over uh, from the Indianapolis Colts to be the assistant head coach and special teams coordinator. And then he hired Jim Schwartz to be the defensive coordinator. And Schwartz, we've already talked about the defense, just his impact immeasurable. I think that was the most important move the Browns made uh, last off season was hiring Jim Schwartz. Uh, but Cleveland special teams, which was a disaster the previous couple of years, uh, has really come together here under Beb, uh, Bubba Ventrone. But, you know, Stefanski, um, when the Browns lose, they all want to run him out of town. Uh, and when they win, well, they just want to give credit to the players. But that's being a fan. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just, you know, that that's what fans are. But in my view, I do believe, 
I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that Kevin Stefanski is the next Vince Lombardi or Mike Ditka or uh, Bill Belichick here, but considering some of the clown shows that have come through Cleveland over the years, um, he's done a really really nice job. And what's a, what impresses me most about him is in his four years as head coach, he's had a starting quarterback for one of those, a healthy starting quarterback, mm-hmm. I should say, for one of those. And he won 11 games, and they were literally two plays away from the conference championship game uh, during the COVID 2020 season. Uh, since then, you know, Baker Mayfield was hurt in 2021, and, and things didn't go well. Uh, 2022, they, they trade for Deshaun Watson, but he's not available for 11 weeks. He made Jacoby Brissett look like a pro bowler for 11 weeks. They won four and seven in those games, but it wasn't because Jacoby Brissett was playing terrible. It's because the defense couldn't get off the field. So, um, and then this year he's, uh, you know, four starting quarterbacks and each of the four starting quarterbacks, which by the way, include NFL legends, such as PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson have won games for the Cleveland Browns this year. So, um, I think Kevin Stefanski is one of the most underrated coaches in the league. I'm not saying he's elite, not by any stretch, but I do feel like he doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Darryl, I'm sure he's making your job a lot easier uh, on the radio when you get to talk about a winning team. No, not really. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I, all I do is ask the question, and it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get that answer from it. <laughs> Fair enough. Sometimes so it can I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he makes the job easier or not, but, uh, um, yeah, still, you know, but no, I mean, I do think he's underrated as a head coach. I really do. Yeah, I think he's putting them in a, in a good position. I, I do like DTR. I was a big fan of his at UCLA. Thought he, had a really good game. I knew he'd do well. And when he, you know, was, you know, kind of, you know, making a name for himself in, in the preseason, I was, was really happy for him. Uh, P.J. Walker, of course, was with the Bears earlier in the season, and that was a whole debacle to begin with, with, with the Tyson Bajan <laughs> moment. It was just odd. Yeah. Um, but but what, what, is the, what, what is the, I mean, obviously, you know, you're talking to the people. What, what, what do they think the ceiling is for the, the Cleveland Browns this year? Well, I mean, the – I think that when the story of this season is written, it's going to be what could have been. Um, you know, I went through all the defensive injuries. Like, they lost Deshaun Watson. They lost Nick Chubb. They lost Jack Conklin, their, their all-pro right tackle. Uh, Jedrick Wills, uh, their, their left tackle, uh, lost him. Then they lost his backup, Dewan Jones, uh, who was a rookie out of Ohio State. That, that just, like, the, the guy was a, a brick wall. Um it's so to me, had they been healthy, I think the ceiling could have been competing to go to the Super Bowl. But like right now, uh, considering the state of the roster and the health of the roster, I'd probably say if they can just get into the playoffs and maybe if they're healthy enough, they might be able to win a wild card game depending on who they play. But unfortunately, I, I just I don't know that they're legitimate contenders right now. Um, yeah, they, they've got a couple of good pieces. Darius Smith, who they got from the Minnesota Vikings, he's been an outstanding addition. Dalvin Tomlinson, who they signed in free agency, has been great on the defensive line to complement Miles Garrett. Uh, again, the secondary one healthy is one of the best. And Joe Flacco, man, uh, I got to tell you, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, let's just put it this way. He's got Browns fans right now wondering uh, about – Deshaun Watson's future with the team, <laughs> considering what Deshaun Watson scheduled to make the next three years, of course. and how smart that is, because this is a guy that was sitting on his couch and he has come in and he's played. He, I mean, he has shown elite arm talent after sitting on his couch for eleven months. 
it's incredible. So, and he feels rejuvenated and refreshed. So maybe Joe Flacco is able to light up the scoreboard a little bit and, and, and help carry this thing along. But well, well, I don't feel like the Browns are Super Bowl contenders right now. Well, well, let's hope he doesn't light it up too much on Sunday. Uh, before I let you go, Daryl, what do you think well, is going to happen? yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. I, I, actually, I'm speaking to about a million people right now. But, but no, no. <laughs> what do you think is going to be uh, the outcome on Sunday? What do you think is going to happen? How does this thing going to play out? Well, the, the one thing that really makes me nervous is the turnovers. The Browns lead the NFL in giving the ball away with 27 turnovers this year, uh, and the Bears right now are just ripping footballs away from people left and right. And that, I think, is what's going to decide the game. If the Browns are able to take care of the ball and not give Justin Fields extra opportunities, I really like the Browns' chances. But if uh, the Browns do what they've done a lot this year, and that's fumble and, uh, you know, give up a couple interceptions and give Justin Fields extra possessions, it's going to be tough for the Browns to win. So uh, I am going Homer. I am uh, probably locally here going to pick the Browns to win, but I I think it's going to be a very, very close game. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. So hopefully the Browns take the wind. I love it. Daryl, thanks for hanging out with us this evening, man, and giving us some of your time. You bet. Thanks for having me. Daryl Ryder hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. Make sure you follow him. Right or wrong, F-A-N, on Twitter. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Got Robbie Triano producing today. Let's open up the lines, Robbie. I think that's what we need to do. Because sometimes I feel like when I hear, you know, people from other stations talk, and I just be like, bro, I did not like what that guy said, and, and I'm angry. And that's how you could be feeling right now. But I, I'm curious what you think is going to happen on Sunday. Like, what's the storyline? and What's the script in your head? How are the Bears going to win this thing? Or do you see the Cleveland defense just kind of overwhelming Justin Fields? I said it earlier to Hub. There's been, it's been a long time since there's been a very bad game from Justin Fields. Well, maybe this is the defense to do it. What do you think? 312-644-6767. Phone lines are open. Robbie Triano is going to be answering the calls, and I'll take them after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez here on a Friday on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. I would say, you know, most of it is really about the energy and the passion that you see, you know, because guys, when guys know what to do and know how to do it, you can feel the speed, uh, you can feel the, the, the physicality, and uh, you can start to feel that. And, uh, you know, the guys know what to do and know how to do it, um, and you can definitely feel that, you know, coming on. And a few of my mentors have, have texted me and talked to me and said, said they, they see it too, you know, so that's always a good thing. And, uh, but again, it's always it's always one, one week at a time. You know, we got a big challenge ahead of us this Sunday, and and uh, it's, it's going to be big for us, and uh, going to have to play one at a time. Play it's Gabe time. Ramirez on 670 The Score. That's Coach Eberflus right there talking about, it's just like, you know, what's been the biggest reason for the defense's success? I'm surprised he didn't say what he said earlier in the season. It's like, you know, somebody did that, and you know who it was? It was me. <laughs> That's one of my favorite cuts. I know we got that in the system. That cracks me up because – I am one of the few people that actually enjoy comments like that. Talk your talk, bro. Yes. Who dialed up that play? You know who it was? Me. <laughs> Fill it up. Find it, Robbie. I'm here for it. You could slide. You can slide that thing at any point. That thing is hilarious. Because it's the, it's the grin. It's the poop-eating grin. It's everything. And I love it, though. I love people like that. If there's people that I gravitate towards, it's it's those people. What did Kanye say? People that love me love themselves. <laughs> and that's real. If you don't like Kanye, you don't love yourself. That's what he's saying. And the same thing is like with 
you know, people that are confident. So I love guys like Floyd Mayweather, Tom Brady. How can you hate a Tom Brady? I mean, I know you could probably have your reason why. But a guy that's like, yeah, you know what? I'm out of here in New England. I'm going to Tampa Bay. You know what? And I'm going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, what? That's so swaggy, bro. People are trying to win Super Bowl for decades. Tom Brady's like, yeah, you know, give me uh, give me crazy Antonio Brown, man. I'll take him, man. Give me uh, some of these other guys, and I'm going to win the Super Bowl. It's a good call by the by the whoever this coordinator was. And that would that would be me. <laughs> well, keep that up because I might just throw it to that. What's the big reason for the defense success? It's a good call by the by the whoever this coordinator was. And that would that would be me. <laughs> Great. Swaggy, stand on that. Do not move off that hill right there. Uh, Eberflus did have some some good things to say about uh, about the team as a whole, um, about the energy surrounding the team, and you know, the best part about it is, you know, he really, even when the Bears were terrible last year, the one thing you could look to was that Eberflus somehow, some way, kept the locker room together. I will point it out every week. And then this year comes and there's, you know, uncertainty surrounding the team and the players that are there. And somehow, some way, Iberflus continues to keep the team gelled. And after their victories that are few and far between, he still manages to be even keeled and 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 spill out the same message, which is, hey, high or low, we're gonna go back, go with our coaches. Find out what we need to like. Super even killed. Maybe that's what they like about him. But he did uh, talk about the energy uh, and, and what is the main reason for it with the Bears. The energy has always been good. The energy's been great, you know. And the guys, and I commend the guys for that. You know, they've always been able to reset. You know, and uh, it's just a little faster to reset when you have victory. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and fix your mind on the next opponent, and fix your mind on fundamentals. Fix your mind on your playmaking ability, what you're going to get done in the future. And that's always been our mantra. And, you know, it's just a little bit harder sometimes. You know, when you lose, you know, tough losses, you know, or, you know, in, in order like that, it's, it's always hard. But the guys, you know, the reason I always tell them that, hey, we brought you in here because you're tough-minded guys. And uh, you're able to handle adversity, and it's how we respond. We don't react to things, uh, to victory or defeat. We respond to it. And we already have that set up in our mind of how we're going to respond. And how we do that is it's just flip the page. 24 hours, flip the page and move on to the next one. And how can I get better? How can my position group get better? And how can my unit get better? And what's my job in doing that, you know, uh, for the football team? And uh, the football team always is is the first and most important thing. Um, And then myself is, is second. And uh, the team always comes first. And that was it's always been our, our mantra. I got to be honest. I, the good thing I do like about Iberflus is that, you know, like, okay, so let's see. I've been – I hate going to photo shoots and when the photographer just doesn't say anything. It's like, bro, I'm not a model, right? Like, I, I know my little favorite poses, but, it, but I, I, want, I want the photographer to be the professional. And tell me exactly what to do, right? Am I a radio personality? Have I been on TV? Have I performed across the country? Sure. But that doesn't mean that I, like, I'm a professional picture taker, right? So you always feel more com- – I always feel more comfortable when I'm in a setting where, where a, a, a photographer's like, hey, you know what? Just drop your shoulder just a little bit. Yep, right there. Don't move. Boom. Great shot. All right. Turn to the other side. Do this. Okay. And then I'll do something, and then he'll adjust it just a little bit, right? Because there's direction there. And you feel like 
you know, and even when I got here to 670 to score after doing pop radio for so long, you know, I know how to do radio, but clearly they have a culture here at 670. And for me, it was, you know, hey, man, just tell me how y'all do things over here. And I'll adjust. I'll, I'll make it work, you know. But so I say that to say, Iberflus seems like a coach that constantly has a plan. There's always an order of operation for everything. And as athletes, you already worked on making yourself the most talented you could possibly be. And now what you need is the coaching staff to do what they are, are, have been built to do, and that is to put together the best game plan for the athletes that they have. And it seems as though that Iberflus does, does an incredible job of that, keeping everyone on, on point, right? Not letting it, oh, you're a distraction, you out, Papa Chase Claypool. Mm-mm, we don't doing it. We're not doing that. We, we, we are all focused and pushing in the same direction. And I love it. I love it. And, and you know, here I'm talking about Justin Fields. Doesn't get too high on him. Doesn't get too down. Um, he did, you know, really speak highly of, of DJ Moore. He actually talked about the connection that Moore and Fields have. I think I said it way back when they, when they first got here with DJ. That, that was pretty immediate. You know, they they had dinner together. Went to the, they went to the basketball game together. They, it was immediate connection between those guys, and and even on the field, it was it was immediate. And uh, the connection, the chemistry, seemed to go really good at first, and uh, it's continuing to do that. You know, so they're always talking about routes and route discipline and where you're going to be. And uh, DJ's really good at being where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. And uh, Justin can feel that in the connection. And he makes some wall plays, too. You know, he makes plays in traffic and catches. And then the, the contact balance and running after the catch. And I mean, I'd throw it to a guy for five yards and have him bust it for 70 or, six, you know, five or 10. That's pretty pretty good for a quarterback, right? Uh, so he's done a lot of that, too. So I think it's been good all along. Yeah, and I'm sure that's where Chase Claypool got jealous. He's like, man, they're going to dinner together. I'm the number one. They traded for me. <laughs> They traded for me before they traded for you, DJ. Nah, Papa, that's not how it works. Um, Olin Krutz was on Parkinson Spiegel uh, earlier today. And he had an opportunity to talk about a couple of things. One, you know, when speaking of fields, um, he had some thoughts on just the media as a whole or just people in general saying to trade fields and draft Caleb Williams. If anybody tells you, Danny, they know what they're doing at the quarterback position. They're lying, right? Because if you go to the history of the NFL, I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody knows what the hell they're doing. Uh, you go all the way back to the 80s and the first picks and guys that are taking in development and how guys become successful. Uh, if you're not in the building, if you're not watching Justin Fields day to day, if you don't know everything you need to know about Caleb Williams in May and who you're going to put in that room and who do they have to play with, guys, Justin Fields had nobody for two years, right? We're basically watching them. They're finally healthy this year and you would argue they still need more talent to go against a secondary like the Browns have and Delphead is out. Like, if they take more away, like Murphy does for the Vikings, then it's Cole Komet and Mooney and Tyler Scott. And is that enough guys? They don't have a dynamic running back in the backfield. Who do you go to out of the backfield? So so you can make arguments either way. Uh, I, you know, I always take those, uh, I'll still Jordan McCaskey's words, with a grain of salt if there's five guys saying that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd take him right away right now. Uh, they don't know what they would do. Interesting stuff from Olden right there. Just tough. I think what he's more so saying is that you don't know, but here's the one thing I'll tell you. For those of you that do want to keep Justin, you're like, oh, well, who's to say that any of these guys are going to be? Are you going to say that every year for the rest of your life? That Justin Fields is better than every quarterback that's ever going to come out of college football until he, if, to the end of his existence? Because that's the, that's the hill you're standing on right now. 
Oh, I don't know about Caleb Williams. I don't know about C.J. Stroud. I don't know about Bryce Young. Well, damn. That can't be the mindset that your quarterback is, because he's been in the league for two years, is just better than whoever's going to come out or that you'd rather just keep him than getting a better quarterback. Seems odd to me. That thing that thing seems odd to me. Um, but Olin Krutz, uh did talk about what he wants to see from not only Justin Fields, but also Lou Getze. Put doubt in our minds, man. Make us double, make us take a double take on what you guys are doing. And you got to be able to recognize the blitz. You got to be able to recognize man coverage. Give Fields some motion and Fields be able to handle the information that you have to collect pre-snap. Be able to know where you're going with the ball quick, one or two, and, and take off running. Use your legs. Get out of there. Do what you do well, and then show us you can stay healthy. Pop up off the ground. Don't 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 grimace on the ground. Take those shots. Get back in the huddle. Point first down. Do your dances. Show us all the swag that you usually show us that we all love, right? We want to see Fields dancing. We want to see Brisker doing his whatever he's doing when he's flying. I don't know you know what he's doing, but you love that stuff when the Chicago Bears are doing that. As far as going against Jim Schwartz and his unit, obviously, yes. You got to run the ball. You got to keep them honest. But, but guys, is that what we really want to see, right? Do we really want to see 40 runs? We want to no. see if Justin Fields can take us to a Super Bowl, take us to the playoffs, win the NFC Championship, and beat a high-level quarterback. Because like you guys know, usually when you get to the Super Bowl, you're facing the best quarterback in the world, and can you beat him? We faced Peyton Manning in 2006. Now that I'm an analyst, I would have said we had a far chance, far cry from beating that man. All the crews, great stuff right there. Make sure you check them out with Parkinson Spiegel or just listen to the uh, podcast version of the show on the Odyssey app. Make sure you download that. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. And on the other side, there's been someone who's been in my 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 text messages that is just, it's like a, a, a gnat on the wall. It's my younger brother, baseball Brandon. Um, I'll, I'll mention this again before we get him on the show because I just should. He loves baseball. I'm a basketball player in the family. He's the baseball player. He threw a no-hitter in high school. Damn. So, I mean, he got some gas. He got some stuff. He got some stuff. Threw a no-hitter in high school, so I always give him that little love. And he has some ideas as to what direction the Cubs should be going in. He has some Bears takes, too, he said. And I said, all right, you know what? It's 745 on a Friday. We can, we can do that, all right? So, my brother Brandon. That's how I'm, I'm doing My brother baseball Brandon. I can't think. I'm going to think of something clever. Uh, he's going to be joining the show next, but you know you get a chance to have a little roundtable discussion about the Cubs and and what they're thinking now that uh, Shohei Otani's off the board. Uh, we get to talk to my brother, the no hit no hitter thrower. After this, it's Gabe Ramirez on six seventy to score. It's Gabe Ramirez on six seventy the score. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. A lot, of, a lot of good conversations today. Getting to talk to Charlie Weiss earlier, former Notre Dame coach. Um, also getting to talk to Daryl Ryder about Cleveland and what they think they're going to do to the Bears on Sunday. Uh, and right now, he said he got some Bears takes, so I'm interested in that. And then, uh, you know, I'm more interested to hear him cry about the Cubs not getting Shohei Otani, even though he's going to say, no, dude, we're going to use that money somewhere else, bro. It's my brother. Baseball brand. And I tell you, now I'll say this because I don't need you guys texting and hating. My brother does have some accolades, man. A no-hitter in high school. Can't can't take away, take that away, man. Can't take that away from him, broski. You just you had to have been there. 
I remember one time I went to go watch my brother play baseball. I don't think you were playing for Garen at the time. Maybe you were. But it was like, I think I went to, I was in Oak Park. And I remember pulling up to the fence. I got in there a little late. And I'm in the, behind the right fielder. And the, 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 right, like the home run fence is like by the street damn near. And I look up, and I, I, I'm pretty sure you hit a home run right when I got there. You remember that game, Broski? Uh, yeah, it was probably travel ball, and we travel played ball. Oak Park, yeah. probably, uh, or River Forest, one of the two. Okay, one of those. All right, tell me your Bears takes first. Give them to me. Baseball branding, my brother here. Bears take, um, we let the market determine what we do. If we get, you know, a crazy offer for the number one, I think you keep fields and you trade back. Um, but if, you know, the, the offers aren't as strong because it's kind of a deep quarterback class as of late, um, I would – I would just ride it out um, and pick Caleb one. And then, you you know, you at five, you can take a tackle or hopefully Marvin Harrison if he's there, but I doubt he'll be there. Um, but hopefully I want to keep Fields personally. I think he's our guy. I would uh, trade back. Trade back. I, want, I don't mind trading down to number two. Because for me, I, I want to keep Justin. So, But, but number two, I, I'm still not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm getting, an, I'm getting a quarterback at two. But Charlie Weiss – Three-time Super Bowl champ, offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. He said he he cut me off when I was asking him who the Bears should draft at one. He it was not even a question as to whether or not it should be Marvin Harrison Jr. It was take the best player in the draft and just keep it moving. Yeah, I mean that's it's tough because you have you know a lot of you're going to have a lot of offers at one no matter what, and you have to kind of see how the season ends because. You know, they might keep Fluce, and if they keep Fluce, and, you know, they're going to keep Justin. So I think it's you keep Fluce and Justin, or you move on and you move on, right? So yeah. I guess it just depends how we finish up. I, I'm glad that we're in the playoff race. That's fun, and we still, <laughs> you know, we're still in the hunt, and we have the number five pick. Um, but hopefully it's just a bidding war for the number one, and we can get, you know, two, three, four picks. For, for moving down in the draft and maybe a star player like we did last year? The thing is, like, people are going – like, if you thought people gave up a lot to get Bryce Young, the amount that they're going to be willing to give up to get Caleb Williams, there's going to be a lot, lot more teams in, in a better predicament than the Carolina Panthers. Like, teams that are still going to have talent after – or, you know, if they do move up to one, that will still have talent after they make that trade. Three firsts and and uh, three firsts. Max Crosby. Wait, wait, let me let me ask you. Three firsts and Max Crosby. Are you gonna do it? Three firsts and Max Crosby. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Uh, wait. Where are the Raiders at though? Like a twelve. The Raiders are gonna be in the middle of 10? the first round. They're probably 10? they're ten right now. Yeah. So uh, you'll get Max Crosby, a star player, but I don't know if he's on contract or not. But you're gonna have to pay him eventually if he's not already paid. See, the problem with that is at ten. If I have like, let's say I have seven and ten, you're getting, you know, you're not getting the best tackle if, or if either one of them are there at seven or ten, you're not getting the best wide receiver because Marvin Harris Jr. is going to be gone. You're not going to be getting the best quarterback because those two are going to be gone. So you're 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 filling your roster with like the second or third best wide receiver and the second or third best quarterback still, or you don't go quarterback at seven or 10. I would, if I was at seven and 10, I'd go Malik Nabbers might still be there from LSU or, you know, Keon Coleman from Florida state. 
And then at 10, you go defensive end because it's not a deep defensive end class. Right. So, and, you know, the talent at defensive end doesn't look to be top five worthy. So you can probably get like a solid D end at 10. And that's still a position of need. Unless you get Max Crosby, then you don't need to. Then you, you know, maybe you go uh, with the guy from Illinois, the defensive tackle at 10, right? Or, or something along those lines. I don't know. It'd be tough to do, but um, it's a good problem to have, you know, having the number one pick. Yeah, I just, you know what I say, broski. This is my brother Brandon, by the way, on the phone here. 670 score, Gabe Ramirez. I just can't, I can't imagine a world where you have the first pick of the draft two years in a row. You have and plus uncertainty at the quarterback position. That's the part that is the, is the why you take a quarterback. Because Are we uncertain, though? Yes. There is a divide. It is like. I'm not. It's like we're living in the 1700s and people can't decide whether they want democracy or a king kingdom. It's like everyone's on the fence. No one's agreeing I'm, in one I'm way in. or another. I'm in with JF1. That's my quarterback. Yeah, but you were all in with Mitchell Trubisky. I was in with Mitch. <laughs> I know. That's my. That's what I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid the I'm all in because I'm a Bears fan and this guy is good. No, but Justin Fields has looked a lot better than Mitch for sure. Are you sure? I the pro- I, yes. I think the problem is is that we – I mean, it's not a – it is a problem, but we keep turning over our staff. How many offensive coordinators have we had since Mike Martz, right? Like, a ton. Same thing with head coaches. Every other year we have a new offensive coordinator or a new coach. If it's me personally, I try and slide flus to defensive coordinator. I bring in a head coach. Offensive coordinator, you got to get a new one. Keep Justin Fields. And, you know, you pick the two best players available at one and five. Yeah. Uh, or not one and five. You trade down and get, you know, seven and five or six and five. Yeah. I Just mean, get as many as many picks as you can. I listen, I'm, I'm, I'm here for building the team for the future, right? Because I think to me, that's why I don't mind moving down from from one to two. But my thinking is you move down from one to two for whoever wants to. Th- what you're hoping is New England doesn't want someone else to leapfrog them and they have their quarterback in mind, so they would be then willing to give up a lot to go from two to one. And then at two, we take the quarterback that's left over. It doesn't matter because you still got Justin Fields, and you cannot say, you cannot go into a draft being like, only one quarterback can be good. That's foolish, right? So holding true that both of them are just going to be good, you got yourself a good quality backup. You got Justin Fields still. And you got the assets in, in the form of draft picks to still build your team, not only in the present, but in the future. So you just let JF1 walk? No, no I just no said. No return? He, no, he's, 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 in my mind, he's the no, starting. After, I'm saying after this, after this next coming year. No. What, what has Ryan Poles done the last two trade deadlines? Got busy. Phone calls. Who needs what? I'm if, here. If you draft Caleb Williams, though, your value for Justin Fields goes down tremendously. No. That's foolish. Sure. No, no, no. Here's why. T- talk to some of the teams who don't have quarterbacks and think they have a good enough squad to make the playoffs right now. Tell me what they would give up for Justin Fields. Yeah, Atlanta would probably give up a lot. Of course. You're going to run into those but teams. But at the deadline, you know, they might not be willing to give up anything more than, like, a second. That's, a, that's assuming there's only one team bidding for Justin Fields. If there's two teams, that's all yeah. you need. All you need is two teams to be like, nah, you know what? F it. I'll give you a first. Here. Take it. Right, because right now he's borderline second or third. No one's saying guarantee first round pick for Justin Fields. 
So a guaranteed second and third can you can get that next year at the trade deadline for Justin Fields, if that's Avoid the case. All of it. Or, or, and sign Justin. But, or, 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 Justin Fields is balling next year. And you say, bro, anybody want, anybody want Caleb Williams next, the next year? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you, you got options if you do that. I just, what I don't want to have happen is us buy into the mindset that you're spewing here on 670 the score, which is that JF1 is the man. And then we take him and we get Trubisky'd. And now the Bears don't have a top 15 pick for the next, five years because they've built this roster that's good and they're trying to fill in the blank with a quarterback for the rest for the next five years trying to make the playoffs. Justin Fields is a guy. <laughs> him. JF him. Not, is that what it is? JF one baby goat. <laughs> okay. It's my brother Brandon. All right, talk give me some baseball thoughts before I let you go. Cubs, what are we doing? What, we are, what are you doing? We gotta make Tyler Glass now how much did it hurt that not only Shohei, but then Tyler Glasnow, that you thought you were going to move on from like Christopher Morrell and get him. I would have rather had Shane Bieber anyway than Glasnow, but yeah, I mean, LA is just stacked. I mean, dirty. I'm they so have a oh. crazy lineup. And I mean, I, I would say only Atlanta's, li- Atlanta's lineup is better, but uh, that's still tight between the two teams. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad I, I'm glad I don't root for a team that plays in the National League and has to go up against that. Like, that's just no, something. You were- yeah, you root for the White Sox. That won't be good for five years. See, unnecessary shade. I, 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 all I was talking about was the National League as a whole, and then this is what happens with scrub fans: is that they sit up there and, and like they are the ones taking shots, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, see, look at you." And you're like, "No, dude, you did it first. I didn't do anything." Uh, and you're the one that's, but you didn't want Otani anyway, right? Before I let you go. Um, I mean, I would have loved to have Otani, but I would not want him at that money. Yeah. I mean. A, you know, seven hundred million, but I didn't know how two you know, million they were a defer year. All that <laughs> yeah, money. yeah, yeah, yeah. They deferred all that money, so now it looks like a, a great deal for them. And you know, obviously, a lot of it was tax savings they're going to end up doing. Yeah. But you, you know, if if you have Otani at two million dollars a year, you still have room to sign a bunch of guys. And they're LA; they're going to sign more guys. What? Uh, talk to me about um, what you doing tomorrow? Uh, Christmas party. Uh, what about I'm in the morning? At, uh, we have. At Roundhouse, we'll be uh, watching football. Oh, that's right. NFL games. That's right. Yeah, that's right. so I'll be behind the bar there. Yeah, you and Terrence are going to have quite the conversation. Hey, uh, my brother and another one of our boys, they're in the fantasy football playoffs, and, they, and they're working together tomorrow, so that's going to be great. You guys are going to be Yeah, great. we play against each other. Half my lineup's questionable. Tough. Yeah. All right, broski. I love you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, man. Have a good one. My brother, Brandon, hanging out with me here on 670 to score. Got some text messages coming in. I I I always talk to talk about people and I and I say the funniest thing about working in sports radio is people assuming that their opinion is Bible, right? And any other not only that, but it's and then every other opinion outside of theirs is moronic. Yeah, it's trash. Yeah. It's like Here's what this is my opinion, and this is the right opinion, and every other opinion is so stupid. Like that's like the worst, like kind of sports fan that there is. I right? think that's why they listen though, because I feel like people love to yeah. feel like hate or rage. Yeah. Like, how could you feel that way? And I'm more about understanding, Rob. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm more like, hey, I feel this way about Justin Fields, but I'm here for a good conversation about that. Because, like, I was I've been on a text message to somebody about whether or not Justin Fields is a top ten quarterback in the league. 
And he's like, oh, for sure, top 10 quarterback. And I'm like, dude, there's people that even like Justin Fields that will tell you he is not a top 10 quarterback. That is fandom right there, right? But I'm here. Why? And then it gets into the conversation. Well, you can agree he doesn't have an offensive coordinator or that. And I'm like, okay, well, that proves my point that he's still not a top 10 quarterback and you're trying to find things. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to say is I love I love you guys. So feel free to text in at any moment. 312-644-6767. Phone lines are two if you want to, you know, like I said, I'm really good at having these kinds of conversations because I actually listen to you uh, when you say your stupid opinion. All right, phone lines are open. Feel free to call in. Uh, we got Chuck Swirsky hanging out at 820. Uh, but some more Bears thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score.